What's up? Welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Golf Podcast. Uh, obviously took a little bit of a break, was not having the best of luck when it came to getting this off the ground, and uh, work schedule got very hectic, but we're back. We're bringing this thing back every week, at least through the end of this season. We are trying to get this thing growing, so anywhere you can like, comment, share, subscribe, any kind of interaction we would greatly appreciate it that also accounts for fantasy football and fantasy hockey help the boys get it going but just wanted to throw a quick uh, introduction on the front of this podcast we got the first segment i go over two things in the golf world that i just wanted to talk about the first being joe lacava going to patrick cantlay and then i kind of just got into a little bit of live talk and just you know again why i don't feel like they're going to get off the ground and why I think that there's still a lot of issues that they have that instead of addressing, they're kind of just complaining to the media about. So I think that's pretty interesting. Honestly, if you're not that interested in golf news, check the description. I have my PGA Championship picks kind of uh, set out there for you, so you can just jump straight to that if you are interested in that. Again, PGA Championship is going to be held at Oak Hill Country Club. It's a par 70, plays nearly 7,400 yards. Uh, a couple of the things that just off the top I was looking at when it came to this course and betting, driving distance, I feel like you've got to be able to hit it at least decently far off the tee. You can hit it in the rough a little bit because if you're hitting it in the rough 340, it's going to be a little bit better than in the fairway probably 280 because these greens are going to be very hard to hold longer irons out of. So, you know, I mean, if you if you hit, I guess, every fairway, every green, you know, that's going to be great. But if you could drive it a little bit further, have some shorter clubs in your hand, a little bit easier clubs to control, I feel like that's who's going to end up winning Oak Hill. Obviously, that sounds like Rory, but I'll get into Rory a little bit on this intro here. He's not going to be a guy that I'm betting. Uh, that literally just described him, though. Hit bomb driver and hit wedges into greens that he can control. That's literally what Rory made his name off of, but... Uh, yeah, again, PGA Championship kind of breakdown here for you. There was a segment that I meant to throw into the golf world news that I did not, but I'm going to plug in here. It's only going to be a couple of minutes. So again, I appreciate you listening. Like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. Thank you very much. Let's jump into this first segment though. And that's going to be the big three of golf, I guess, if we want to call it that. And what it has been is John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, interchangeable at one and two, and then Rory McIlroy, who... For a while now, has kind of been a distant three this year, but he's kind of get, been lumped in with the other two. And, you know, when it comes to Rory, I don't know how to feel about him. Because if you listen to other golf betting shows and other golf, you know, like DraftKings game shows, fantasy shows, stuff like that, they're going to tell you Rory has a tendency to just win out of nowhere. And I, while I do think that is true, I don't think that I am betting on Rory winning out of nowhere this week. Uh, for one, I mean, he hasn't won a major, I believe, since 2015. So, I mean, he's already behind the eight ball there. Um, obviously, he did win, you know, last year. And I know, again, he's a guy who could turn it on at any time. But, I mean, he, if you haven't heard, he's switching putters again. I think he's switching back to the spider from the blade, which I felt like he had success with the blade. So, that's just kind of questionable. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't want to make this an anti-Rory segment. But I just think that. I wouldn't bet him here. If he misses the cut here, it's going to be a big, you know, it's going to be big news, but I don't think it deserves to be big news because I don't think he's been playing well enough to be, I think he's like plus 1,200. Let's check FanDuel real quick, actually. Uh, Oh, come on. 
If you hear any kind of fidgeting around, I apologize. That is my cat walking on my desk. Yeah, Roy, plus 1,300. Like, plus, plus, like, he hasn't been playing better than, I think I could probably list off. He hasn't been playing better than Xander. Hasn't been playing better than Patrick Canley. He has not been playing better than Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, Jason Day. You know, I mean, look at look at all these guys. You're getting up into the plus over plus three thousand, and you we're still listing off guys that have been playing better than Rory McIlroy. He's at plus thirteen hundred. Now, this might be the worst segment of all time. It might retire me when he wins the PGA Championship, but I'm willing to stand on it at least for right now. I don't think Rory's anywhere close to the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. If he makes a cut, I'll be happy for him. But as far as having a chance to win, I just I haven't seen it. And I don't know anyone who has seen it that makes them think that it's going to happen. I know he had a meeting with Tiger, you know, the other day or last week, something like that, where Tiger said he saw something in his swing. But, I, I, yeah, I see a lot of things in his swing. I see a guy who just doesn't seem like he's very confident in his swing right now. Let's not forget also Rory McIlroy when he first switched over to Nike, I think back in like 2014. Yeah, these were 2013. I think he won the PGA in 2014. But there was a, a little stretch there where he was – not a very good golfer. I mean, he was driving the ball all over the place, wasn't putting very well. I'm not saying he's back to that level of Rory where he's just kind of lost, but I feel like he's honestly closer to that than he is closer to winning a, a major. So that's my Rory tank take. I don't think, uh, again, we'll get into my picks later. I don't have him on there. I would fade him this week. I don't think he's worth losing money on. But again, this could be the worst segment of all time if we come back on Monday and Rory's a three-time PGA Championship winner. Four. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into the first segment of the week. I know it's PGA Championship week. I know that, that if you are listening to this podcast, you are much more interested in my PGA Tour picks than you are going to be in my opinions about these two topics. But I made a podcast. It's my choice. It's my podcast. I get to talk about what I want to talk about. So, Let's jump into these two topics real quick. Again, we'll get into the picks as soon as possible. But I want to go ahead and give opinions on these because I haven't made Fantasy Golf Podcast in a while. I know I've been making some TikToks, so if you're here from the TikTok, appreciate it. Make sure you share with some friends. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into these two topics. The first one here, a couple weeks ago, Joe LaCava, it was official that he was going to become Patrick Cantlay's basically full-time caddy. So this is big news in two regards. First, for Patrick Cantlay itself, himself. Yeah, I got to love that. Nice, solid honk right in the middle of the pod. Sorry if you heard that. But for Patrick Cantlay himself, you got a nice upgrade in caddy. No shade to his previous caddy, but Joe LaCava is really one of one. He may be the number one caddy if there was a draft of caddies out there for just about any given player. So with that being said, I think it is a big upgrade for Cantlay. Maybe he'll finally get over the hump in some of these bigger tournaments that he always he's always always a top five. I mean, top ten at worst. It seems like. Hopefully, Lakava can kind of get him up over the top there. Now, on the more I would say controversial side of this thing, at least when it comes to my opinions on it, let's get into the Tiger aspect of things because when it comes to Tiger Woods, I think this pretty much tells you that he's not going to be competing in tournaments on a regular basis going forward. And I'm not even talking about just PGA Tour tournaments because those were well out of the picture a while ago. He may only compete in the Masters. Like, that might be the only tournament he competes in. You know, he may try and get up for a PGA if it's at an easier course. 
But like this week at Oak Hill in New York, which we'll get into, you don't want to see Tiger there. The, the one of the days the high is fifty, he'd be limping all up and down that place. And I, I and as someone who idolized Tiger growing up, I do no I no longer want to see him in that kind of state. So if it is going to if this move for Lacava trickles down to Tiger and basically Tiger's not going to be playing, you know, in multiple tournaments. Really, if he does, it's going to be two to three majors at the most, maybe his tournament. I think it could be a good thing. Not for golf, because no one quite rates like Tiger Woods. There's never going to be someone else that makes, you know, the average American want to, or I shouldn't even say American, the average person want to hop into their couch on a Sunday afternoon and watch golf for four hours. There's no one else in the world that can do it besides Tiger in his prime and up until this point. You know, if Tiger's in contention in any golf tournament he plays from now on out, it'll probably be the highest rated golf event since the 2019 Masters, which was probably the highest rated, so at least in a while. So it's it's great news for Canley. It's sad news for Tiger, but I'm going to turn it into good news because let's be honest, I don't want to see the big cat out there struggling anymore. I don't want to see him out there barely able to finish walking 18 holes. The sights that we saw at Augusta before he was able to withdraw, you know, Sunday morning, maybe Saturday afternoon when they were playing, it was I, I just did not enjoy it. And I'm, I'm as big of a Tiger fan as they can get. They got multiple Tiger Woods t-shirts, multiple Tiger Woods hats. Like, I mean, I literally wanted to dress, play anything like Tiger Woods as a kid growing up. And I just, I can honestly say that I get no juice out of watching Tiger Woods play golf anymore. Those six great shots he hits per round are amazing. I love them. I get energized just like everybody else, but cannot do it anymore. I, I no longer want to see Tiger walking around limping, walking around hurt. I mean, this surgery is supposed to help with the pain, but limit mobility. And as someone who you know kind of struggles with some ankle issues, when your ankle swells up and you don't have mobility in that ankle, good luck. Like you, the pain may not be there, but it's hard to walk still. So I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. That was probably a bad thing to throw out there. But again, if Joe Lacava leaving his bag, going to Cantley full time means you know maybe we see Tiger once twice a year. I just hope that he's healthy when we see him because I'm done watching these golf tournaments where he's barely finishing, withdrawing from more, you know half of them. If he does finish, you know it's a bottom half of the cut if he makes it. So I, I'm just over it. I, I, I've gotten my Tiger fill. It, unless he wins again, there's not really going to be anything that I see from Tiger where I'm like, oh yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad we watched that. You know, if he tops top fives at the Masters in a couple years or something like, yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be something that gets talked about, but. He's not ever going to be back. Like at this point, there's no hope of Tiger Woods returning to where he ever was, um, and not even 2019 status where he can compete. I mean, I, like I said, if, if he comes out and he plays a couple tournaments a year, it's just the majors, maybe the tournament he hosts, he uses a card, maybe the tournament he plays with his son Charlie could be a time we could see him. But besides that, man, I mean, the, the guy's the GOAT, at least for my generation. If you're older and you like Nicholas, that's that's your choice. But as the GOAT of golf, he's done enough for the game. I mean, just hang him up, please. We, we no longer want to see you hurting. And honestly, I don't want to see another news notification come up of him having another surgery and then having to listen to the analyst on TV talk about it for a week straight and when he's going to be back and what it means for him and this and that and this and that. You can do it in about five minutes. It means he's pretty much done. If he comes back, it's going to be a story because it's Tiger Woods, but he's most likely going to be limping around and he's not going to be able to compete, no matter what he says. All right. 
that was my Tiger Woods segment. I hope it came across clearly. Sometimes on these podcasts, I just get to rambling, and then I feel I listen back, and I don't really get my point across that I want. But hopefully, my point came across well there on the Tiger side of things. Let's get into my second topic, and this one is a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't say a little bit more controversial because I think telling Tiger to retire, a lot of people aren't going to be happy with. But what what's going on with the Live Golf Juice? You know, a couple weeks ago after their their event in Australia, which is one of the best golf countries in the world on its own, I haven't heard anything. Singapore, like, was a dud. I, I didn't see a lot of clips. There was no watering hole. There was no parties. There was nothing like that. It was just regular back-to-live golf. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what course they played in Singapore a couple weeks ago. Last week in Tulsa, the only reason why Live Golf Tulsa is interesting to me is because they took it off the air because their time slot ran out for certain parts of the country on CW. So they threw on an episode of some sitcom I've never heard of before. Could you imagine if the PGA tour cut out a Scotty versus Rom battle to win a PGA tour event for the start of 60 minutes, which I think is what comes on after it anyway, like maybe not quite after, but you know what I mean? It's absolutely ridiculous. I live golf is nothing more than what the live golfers and the people who want to support live golf through the media try and make it out to be. It's not getting official world golf ranking points because it doesn't meet the criteria. No one is trying to make it harder for these guys. There's just certain criteria you have blatantly ignored and chosen not to respect. There's no reason why the official world golf ranking, which has been in place for a long time, should have to conform its rules to live golf when the the official world golf ranking rules precedates them by so long that's the wrong word but hopefully you know what i mean so like live live it is what it is like we're seeing what live is going to be for a long time now every time a major comes up it's going to be a focus point because some of their players aren't going to qualify again that's the risk you took when you took the big old bag of money when you signed up to play for a four million dollar first place purse every single time you teed it up these are the things you were willing to sacrifice when you signed that contract I don't think it's fair at all for any of them to come back now and say the official world golf ranking needs to change this and this and give us points and we should be eligible because we have a strong field. You play 30, you play 54 holes over three days in a shotgun format. Like that's not like professional golf. Like to be fair, and this, I heard this on another podcast, so I'm 100% ripping it. Dustin Johnson probably would have three or four more live wins if they had to play that last round of golf. Those last 18 holes of golf, like we saw this past weekend. Like the leader, I think, was 16 under going into Sunday, and Jason Day came from a couple behind and won it at 23 under par. Like those last 18 holes of golf, you never know what could happen. So I think live is what it is. If you're a supporter, if you're a fan because of the people that are there, that's awesome. Go enjoy that version of golf because it's really here to stay for what it is. But no one should have to cater to live golf. No one in the golfing industry should have to just because they paid a bunch of people some big money to come play for them. The World Golf Ranking shouldn't. The majors shouldn't. And really the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. I know the DP World Tour just handed out some big old fines to some players. So that's something. But, yeah, I don't feel bad for them. You guys took the bag. You guys took the risk. You all knew this was a part of what you what you had when you guys left. I, I don't agree with them coming back now and saying that it's unfair and complaining and doing all this hooting and hollering. Four! Your jungle.
All right, welcome back. It's time for the segment I'm pretty sure everyone is clicking on this link for, and that is my PGA Championship picks. Now, I'm going to give you four outright bets, kind of spanning the board a little bit. Then I'm also going to give you ten. Oh, sorry, two, four top tens. Little tongue tw- tongue tied there, but let's go ahead and jump into my first winner. I'm going to go through the winners. I'm going to give you some reason why, and then I'm just going to list off the top tens. Most of the reasons why are going to be kind of similar. This golf course kind of fits a specific style. I'm not saying you have to play that style to win here, like maybe back in at Beth Plays Black when Brooks won, but you're going to need a specific kind of game in order to be able to win. You're going to have to hit it long, not super long, but you're going to have to be one of the longer hitters. You're going to have to be accurate out of the rough. You're going to have to have a good short game. You're going to have to be able to make some putts. I just described golf to you. So let's jump into it. Let's get into my PGA Championship picks. With the first pick, we're going to go ahead and go with my shortest odds here, and that's going to be Patrick Cantlay. Now, you're coming off the first segment where I talked about how I think Joe LaCava is going to be a pretty big step up for Patrick Cantlay, and he's already been an an elite-level player this year. Second in strokes gained driving, total driving, my apologies. 18th in strokes gained putting. My only concern for Cantlay this week is he's been iffy around the greens this season. Now, these you know, green side areas at, uh, just lost the name, Oak Hill, are a little bit different. You know, it's not going to be the same kind of, you know, greens or around the greens that you see it every week. This is going to be a major championship. It's going to be set up a little bit like a U.S. Open. It's going to be a little hard, a little firm. The rough's going to be thick. So could it be a little tougher around those greens? Absolutely. Do I think Cantlay can... Do I think Cantlay is able to overcome that this week and put in a solid performance? Absolutely. I think he's right there come Sunday, and I think he has a really good chance on winning this week. If you can hear those little rattles, that is my cat being annoying. I apologize, but I am not restarting again. So let's jump into my third guy. Again, Cantlay, uh, and a lot of my thing is I want to bet on Cantlay right now because I think there's a chance Joe LaCava takes him to that next level, and we're looking at the new big three being Rom. Scheffler and Cantlay and I know all the slow pay slow play fanatics are going to hate that I'm saying that but Patrick Cantlay is a very 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 good golfer and I think Joe LaCava just puts him over that edge I want to be on Patrick Cantlay when he wins his first major because I think it's going to be happening soon especially with that addition all right let's jump into Matt Fitzpatrick here this is going against the grain a little bit when it comes to Matt Fitzpatrick uh the model that I used to kind of take these picks had him you know kind of prorated it being more like 45 to 1. Right now he's sitting at 33 to 1. I usually do not like betting on Matt Fitzpatrick. He has not been one of my favorite golfers to watch or bet on, but I think that this week, similar to how the U.S. Open set up last year, I I just feel like he has a chance. I mean, the distance he has added off the tee can be the difference here if he is hitting fairways. That was the difference at the U.S. Open last year. I mean, we've seen this guy. He's a gritty iron player, great wedges, great around the greens. You know, if he gets hot with the putter this week, he has a very good chance of winning this. And I, I'm very, you know, I was very big on kind of not disrespecting Matt Fitzpatrick, but I never really thought he was going to get it done. He got the U.S. Open. He got the RBC Heritage this year. This guy plays really good on tough golf courses. I want that kind of guy. He's from England, overseas. The weather's going to be rough all week long. I think that this could be a great Matt Fitzpatrick week at 33 to one. I wish I was getting a little bit better. I wish it was 40, 45 to 1, but I'm not going to pass up the opportunity. At that range, my favorite pick is Matt Fitzpatrick. 
And then let's get into number three. Three out of four here. And this is going to be a guy that I think a lot of people are going to be on if you're following and listening to a lot of golf content this week. That's going to be I'm, – I'm going to go Tyrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton. I think that's pronounced correctly. At plus 4,600, 46 to 1 odds. This is probably my favorite pick when you bring in the value to it. Whenever I ran the model, he came back as my number five ranked golfer on the week, which is pretty good. I know obviously you're like, why don't you just bet on number one? Because his odds are, you know, insanely short. And we're looking at a little bit more juice here with Tyrell Hatton at, again, 46 to 1. So you bet 10 bucks, you're going to win 460 if he wins. Pretty good odds. Um, my only concern for Hatton is he is his iron play from 175 plus is a concern. Now, with that being said, oddly enough, from 175 plus out of the rough, he's actually been really good this year on the PGA Tour. So, if he is, you know, you would think if you're in the rough, you have some longer shots. So maybe, you know, maybe things just kind of work out for him right there, and he's able to um, to get it back. And then also, I, I mean, he's just been not on a tear necessarily the past couple of weeks, but he's been good. He's been good every single week. He's been solid. Whenever I'm putting my money on him at 46 to one, I don't feel like I'm going to look up on Friday and I'm going to see a missed cut. Like I think there's going to be a chance Tyrell Hatton is going to win this golf tournament. And that's really, when you're looking at these majors and you're betting all these guys, you got to be looking on guys that you feel like actually have a chance to win. I know I'm saying like, you're obviously betting on the person to win, but don't fall in love with people at plus 100 odds, you know, sorry, plus 10,000 would be right, 100 to 1 odds. Don't look at those guys and be like, oh, this is my chance to get rich. Even though this week does open up the opportunity to maybe some lower-ranked golfers, it is going to have to be someone who's been playing well going into it, and I think someone who... Um, I just lost my train of thought, but again, we're not cutting. We've already cut enough. Again, I think I think Tyrell Hatton's going to have a good week. He will probably get featured in my day to day matchups pretty frequently this week, and I expect him to be in two out of three again. I think it's going to be a good Tyrell Hatton week. And then my last guy, and this is going to be what I'm going to consider my long shot. Even though if you go into Fanduel and DraftKings, there's a lot longer shots out there. That's Wyndham Clark. Uh, again, my longest shot uh, did not actually come back very well against the model. Uh, his his over the last fifty rounds, he does have some bad ones in there. But you know, over the last six events, he has four top six finishes, and the other two were tied twenty fourth, tied twenty ninth. He has not finished outside the top fifty in an event since since the Shriners back in October. So. Again, this is a guy you're getting. He's coming in super hot. He's been playing well. This seems to be a course that he could play well at, and you're getting him at 80 to one. And I, again, he's another guy. I mean, he, you know, got his first win just a couple weeks ago. I think he has a really good chance of winning this week. Um, honestly, I think 80 to one is a crime. I think he should be a lot closer to six to one coming off that win. If you are betting the PGA Championship this week, I think it's a lost. It's a loss, not at least putting a little bit on Wyndham Clark at eight to one. Sorry, <laughs> eighty to one there. All right, let's go ahead and let's jump in to my top tens. We'll rattle these off really quick. Um, again, these are going to be pretty pretty simple for you. I'm not going to go too much in depth. A lot of there's a lot of things that you're looking for this week. You want to see someone who has good driving off the tee. They don't necessarily have to be the most accurate because it's going to be hard to hit fairways there anyway. But they got to hit it long. You're going to want as many short clubs in your hand as possible coming out of that rough and around those greens if you can control a wedge as opposed to a 7 or 6 iron. So let's take a look at my top 10s and who I think is, again, these are guys I think is going to play well. 
Guys, if you want to sprinkle a little bit on them to win, I don't mind. But, well, actually, I'm only going to say that I don't mind sprinkling on two of these guys to win, which I will highlight. But I think the other, I think all four of these guys, we look up, there's a good chance all four of them could be in the top ten. Now, that's a, that's a pipe dream, but love you dream. All right, let's get into the first guy, and we're just going to back this up real quick. I'm just going to put a little bit more on Wyndham Clark to finish top ten. 12 to 1. So I bet 10, you win 120. Again, I think he's one of the best players coming into this field based off his previous play. He is absolutely lighting it up. That's exactly what you want going into these majors. I don't want people that are in slumps. Siwoo Kim, another guy coming off of a great finish last week, actually was the only one. No, not the only one. I apologize. He actually was also one of them that chased down Scotty Scheffler after the 36-hole lead. So I think that I think Siwoo Kim has a really good chance to finish top 10 at this year's PGA. My last, or I'm sorry, not my last guy. Second to last guy here is going, and Siwoo Kim is at plus 1,400. So is this guy, Adam Scott. Sorry, that was real sloppy. But Adam Scott's at plus 1,400. He's been doing just about all of it well. The only thing that you're going to question is his putting just like every single week. And, you know, luckily here, if you're hitting your irons well enough and you're able to hit enough fairways, you're going to have enough short clubs in your hand that, you know, you may not have it to make as many long putts. And again, I'm not really looking for him. You know, top five for Adam Scott, I think, is a lot riskier than even just a top ten. You know, he always seems to find himself kind of around the top of the leaderboard, but, you know, he always just seems to have that hole or that stretch of holes where he makes a couple bogeys and falls out of contention. So my goal for Adam Scott this week, hover around that, you know, top, top ten line. Hopefully bring it home Sunday. If you win, that would be awesome. I'd love to see Adam Scott get a second major. It's crazy looking back. I was so young when he won the Masters, I think, in 2013. Crazy. I think I was so young. I was 16. But it was so long ago that I, you know, it's 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 crazy to me, in all honesty, that he has never won another major championship. I remember watching Adam Scott at that Masters just thinking, he is amazing. So, I don't think he gets it done, but throw it a little bit on the top 10. And then the last guy that I got here for you guys, and I think he might be my only live guy I actually have on my betting card this week. That wasn't necessarily a plan of mine because I actually really like a couple live guys. It's just odds-wise, um, you know, like Brooks, 20 to 1. I don't mind it. Don't hate it. DJ, I think, was a little bit higher than that. Don't mind it. Don't hate it. But I don't love it. Like none of these guys really came back in my – model as sticking out as you know great odds compared to the odds that you're getting them so it's kept all them out but my top 10 pick from the live tour is going to be mr 62 himself that's taylor gooch um he has a complete vendetta out against against the usga and the us open completely different setup here at the pga but you know he would love nothing more than to win this pga and the us open automatically have to let him in so that's those are my eight plays, my full week plays. I'm going to go ahead and actually throw a little bit of something extra on here real quick. Let's take a look at first-round leaders, and I'm going to throw one out there just kind of randomly. Let's see. Let's see. Who do we like? You know what? who I like, actually? And he's a guy I don't have any action on, and I think I may actually sprinkle some on him. Maybe see what his top ten line's at. That's Tony Fino plus 3,500 to finish top of the leaderboard day one. Another guy who's been playing really good coming into this. I really don't expect him to slow up at this event. He actually came back pretty well on my model. And honestly, the only reason why I did not um, 
you know, go with him is I just I felt like maybe there maybe I felt I felt like I could have got a little bit better odds on on Finau, but he is playing really good. Plus thirty five hundred to lead after the first round. I don't hate. And again, this is a guy that maybe after Friday, you know, if he's just kind of hovering, but his odds fall back to plus five thousand, maybe plus fifty five hundred. Wouldn't mind putting a little bit on because that dude can tear it up when he is on. But that's going to wrap up the pick segment, guys. I appreciate you guys listening. Like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your family, all that kinds of good stuff. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Also, check out Fantasy Football, Fantasy Hockey. We're going to have new episodes for those dropping soon as well. Peace out.